This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? Be? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as the sponsor of the Red Chair New Deal, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the Red Chair is Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. She's been on this podcast before back in 2016, which seems like a lifetime ago. Today, we're going to talk about privacy, hate speech, and whether the big tech companies should be broken up. We're also going to talk about Trump on Twitter and Nancy Pelosi's red coat as a viral sensation online. Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, thanks for talking to me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So we have talked before. We talked before the election Mm -hmm. last time, and it it was when we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know so much of what was happening with social media and everything else. So we've got a lot to talk about. We have a lot of things to discuss. Look forward to it. Um, So let's start with what you guys are doing here. You're you're meeting with House Democrats to do... We're having a, a, some would call it a conference, we call it a massive workshop because uh-huh. it's such an interaction among the members, mm-hmm. hearing from outside of folks, the grassroots level, uh, the evidence-based level of science and the rest on uh, different issues, challenges that we face. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the campaign, our theme was for the people right. to lower health care costs by lowering the cost of prescription drugs increase paychecks by building infrastructure of America in a green way and cleaner government by HR1, our resolution to do that. And now we are following up on all of that mm-hmm. and going beyond. And so, discussing that, sort of the yes. strategies and things like that. Yes. All right, let's talk about what you're doing. I'm going to focus a lot on the tech stuff because that's what we talked about last time. And before the election, let's go back then. At the time, you thought Hillary was going to win and you said, I'll oh, guarantee you're about it. the yes. election, 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 okay, election, the no. big election, not the one you really <laughs> the won. The one, okay, that You okay. won the last one. The, no, uh, for sure I thought Hillary would win, yeah. Yes, and one of the things that happened was the, the intervention of foreign influence yeah. um, on the social media platforms. Um, and you're from San Francisco, represent some of these companies. Yeah. Talk about how you think about that now, given, and we'll get to the, the Mueller report and everything else, but how do you look at that when you look back on it, what you were thinking at the time and what you think happened? Well, the, first of all, we were totally shocked that Hillary Clinton did not win. Now we know that there were interventions that uh, stood in the way of that. But again, you take responsibility for your race and mm-hmm. you always have to uh, uh, just be prepared for the unforeseen. Mm-hmm. 
Little did anybody know the unforeseen would be Russian intervention into our election, a real disruption of the basis of our democracy. And that's what's so frustrating now because we don't see a commitment on the part of this administration to get to the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're awaiting the Mueller report in that regard. But the Russian intervention did have an impact Mm -hmm. on the election. And what do you think you as Democrats should have done? Because, you know, uh, President Obama was in, in charge of the country at the time. What was unforeseen and what when you look back on it, what were the mistakes that were made? Well, I don't know if there were any mistakes made. I think that the uh, uh, President Obama and his judgment uh, talked about not interfering into an election, which mm-hmm. is what he shouldn't be doing. Uh, we did try to get the, the, the um, Republicans uh, to join us mm-hmm. in taking a harder look at it, but they would not do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I don't know that anybody had a full grasp of the uh, extent and the impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, the election happened. We found out it is the high-level, high-confidence consensus of all elements of the intelligence community that the Russians disrupted our election, and and they have specific ways. We look forward to seeing the Mueller report to see more specifically what that is. What are you doing yourself? There will be the Mueller report, but what do you see yourself as your duty to protect elections going forward, especially on social media platforms? I want to get into the various social media companies. Just a step before that, uh, what we we tried to do last year, and we didn't have the majority now. This year, we will be able to do Mm -hmm. it. But last year, we tried to allocate resources for the states uh, in order for them to protect the integrity of the mechanics of the election. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Republicans refused to do that. They absolutely refused to do that in the House and in the Senate. This is with with voting machines, with everything. Voting machines and all of that. Social media. Yes. And they absolutely would not put the Mm -hmm. resources there. And the states need the resources. States run elections. Mm -hmm. They run at the state level. Even a federal election is conducted at the state level. So we wanted to make that. It was strange to us that they would not want the states to have the wherewithal to protect elections. Uh, The issue of going beyond that to the social media is a much more sophisticated Mm -hmm. and uh, challenging initiative for us uh, because you have to always keep ahead of them. Right. No matter where you are, they're resilient and they can get ahead of you. But at least we know this, uh, to be vigilant, uh, to uh, uh, be on the lookout for any strange interventions, which were not really looked into or prevented last time. And so that makes a difference. But more importantly than us being aware of it, it's really important to inoculate the public against some of this, to say to them, uh, while we want you to participate in every way and the way you enjoy doing so, whether it's social media, traditional media, or Mm -hmm. whatever, uh, your own activism, uh, you should be alerted to the fact that there are those who want to play with your mind, really. Mm-hmm. and Behavioral, uh, including including the companies themselves do that all the time. But that's another topic. That's but another topic. It's an important topic, right. but it is, uh, it, it's a moment of truth, mm-hmm. really, for our country to say what the, the beautiful advantages we have from technology. And I'm a big believer in technology. Task for a solution. Let's look to technology. However, um, it's... It isn't without collateral damage. Right. Now, what is your relationship with the social media giants, Facebook, Twitter, Google, and others? They're, they're, they're not your constituency, but they're in California. Yeah, and they obviously- are. Uh, they're in California. They're our friends on and, and, and many good things. Um, some of them are now in San Francisco as well, right. even 
Uber. But even so, at in Silicon Valley, they're our neighbors. And so we have a good rapport with them uh, on some issues. But we also now have a questioning uh, attitude, uh, especially toward Facebook, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, how they have not only what happened, but how they are addressing it. Mm-hmm. And let's hope that they are addressing it correctly. We see different reactions around the world. We see the EU giving people like one hour to get something mm-hmm. off. We right. see uh, the uh, uh, Australia, Australia. New Zealand will be acting soon. New Zealand, New Zealand taking the actions that they are, being uh, very suspicious of any improvement on algorithms being disingenuous, as has been proposed by mm-hmm. Facebook. So uh, I think that they have... I don't want to say a wake-up call. It's more than that. Right. Well, it's, it's a big alarm that they're hearing that there has to be a, some kind of behavioral change uh, in how, I don't want to say business, but the regular order of things are conducted. Well, it's more than that. I think the question is what you all are going to do as regulator, mm-hmm. as is in charge of regulators and also Congress yeah. is going to do. Right now, there's a lot of activity in Europe, very yeah. stringent and strong and quite right. hard. There is uh, hap- stuff happening in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, there's stuff happening in France. California is going to yes. put its privacy that's bill right. into place. Um, yes. And that's just privacy. I'm not talking about misinformation and disinformation. Mm-hmm. Right now, what's happening is they're making real actions. And these companies, and I was on a panel last night and several reporters, Maria Ressa, who's being attacked in the Philippines, a reporter being attacked in India, um, Carol Cadwaller, who broke the story about Cambridge Analytica. Yes. They turned to me and said, it's not our companies, it's U.S. companies that are doing this. What are you going to do about it? So what are you going to do about this? You mentioned several countries and what they've said. And and, and U.K., as you know, they've said the era of self-regulation is over. Of these companies is over. Is it over in this country? It probably should be. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to subject it all to scrutiny and to cost benefits and all that. But I do think that uh, it's a new era. Mm -hmm. And we... um, I mean, there are people who ha- have uh, superior technology credentials, mm-hmm. shared values who could help us weigh in on mm-hmm. legislation. Mm-hmm. And we're very proud of California's legislation. You know, they tried to weaken it. At our federal level, people are working on, uh, committees of jurisdiction are working on uh, privacy. We haven't seen uh anything in in writing Mm -hmm. that is to say for review yet. I'm sure they have it in writing someplace. But it is, um, uh, we cannot accept anything. For example, the Republicans would want preemption Mm -hmm. of state law. Well, that's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, we Mm -hmm. in California are not going to say, you pass a law uh, Mm -hmm. that that weakens what we did in California. That won't happen. So uh, perhaps if they want to say we'll have federal law, but nothing that weakens state laws to to have an impact on state law, but nothing that weakens it. I think there are 10 states working on privacy legislation, but nothing out of the federal the no. federal government. Well, we'll have something. I mean, yeah. this takes time. This is, it's complicated. It's one piece of it all. Right. We're going to talk uh, about the other pieces. And want to do it right because they're, well, you know, what are some of the criteria? What information of mine, of mine do you have? Mm-hmm. How are you using it? How are you paying me for it? Are you at least informing me that you're mm-hmm. using it certain ways? Uh, what accomplishes our goal? in the strongest possible way that we can pass. And what would be your goal if you were thinking of it? You're not an expert on privacy, but for for privacy, for example, what would be your, what do you think the most important parts of that are? 
Well, I think that what we have overarching goals about the internet, that it be accessible and free and the rest, and we're very proud of what happened with net neutrality yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a vote. It was pretty happened. It was... It was 100% of the Democrats right, voted exactly, for it, right, right. the few Republicans. But I bring it up because because of the fact that over 4 million, maybe up to 6 million people mm-hmm. watched the committee hearing and what happened on the floor. That is extraordinary for right. a committee hearing. Right. And so the public uh, interest in this, especially among young people, will have an impact on uh, the passage of net neutrality, whether the Senate thinks it's going to pass or not. But that also so then transfers. So Mitch McConnell says we're not going to take it for him. What do you yeah, do then? He doesn't know. I mean, he, he uh, I'm a big believer in uh, public sentiment. Lincoln said public sentiment is everything. With mm-hmm. it, you can accomplish almost anything. Without it, practically nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have to weigh in. Uh, but there were millions and millions of comments mm-hmm. when uh, the um, uh, FCC was acting upon net neutrality, both during the uh, Obama administration and then uh, the Trump administration and now in this legislation. But I only bring up net neutrality, not as necessarily a privacy issue, but a values issue in terms of access, that it be uh, accessible, that it be free, right. that it will be um, a place where there's communication and not just uh, the, the will of the, the, the cable platform yeah, the platforms. to just say, I'm so cutting you off. passing it, knowing that it wasn't going anywhere. No, I think it's going to go someplace. You do. I don't think they understand the power of public sentiment right. on this. Right, And uh, if they... If they are not going to pay attention to the public will, I think there'll be a price to pay. We wish they would. We'd rather have the bill passed mm-hmm. than them pay a political price for not passing it. So they will weigh in. And, and it, it is a barrage, a storm of public opinion that mm-hmm. just bombards the Capitol like they they have never seen. And what had happened is that it goes back and forth in the FCC and it changes with every administration. That's the problem. It's got to have legislative answer. That's why we have to codify that. We we need to have this be um, legislation. Now, Republicans from time to time would say we want to have legislation, but they wanted the weakest possible version of the story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we... Again, with all of these things, you ask, what is our relationship with the tech companies? What is our relations with the platforms? We have relationships with them. Mm-hmm. This is a kaleidoscope. You know, sometimes you're in the design together in terms of advancing communication and that, and other times you're 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 not. Right. And with this, we work with the platforms on some issues, uh, but on this in California, for example, uh, some of them were calling seniors and telling them their phone bills would go up if mm-hmm. net neutrality. It, it right. wasn't their best behavior. Right, right. Well, this has been a fight that's been going on for a long time. No, but this is the public process. Mm -hmm. This is what it's about. It's about a democracy. And I I believe we're crossing a threshold in terms of uh, how laws are passed. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have promised, as Democrats, a transparent Congress, Mm -hmm. transparency and openness so the public can see in time that gives them time to understand it, what is at stake. Right. And when they see that, what it means to them, and that they can weigh in. So we try to have it open. We'll try for common ground. Hopefully we will have it bipartisanship if we don't stand our ground. Mm -hmm. And then we go to a place which we try to be unifying. Now, this is really a good thing for the country, even though the platforms may not think it's in their financial interest and they they have some sway with the Republicans. Uh, But I, I think this is going to be an example Net neutrality will be. Net neutrality will be. But it will apply again to other aspects of the Internet, of privacy and the rest. 
We're going to take a quick break now, but after this, we'll talk more with Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. I'm going to get to some of the proposals of too powerful tech. The tech is too pow- has become too powerful. Right. Hate speech. Right. You know, they're moving so hard in Europe and everywhere else about this. And we were just having hearings on whether white supremacy is bad. Well, like, we just got the majority. The Republicans right. were not having right. hearings. No, not that. at all. No, no, I got that. I got that part. But w- w- we move so much slower on these things. And I get the free speech elements and things like that, which are always pushing back against it. The yeah. right to be forgotten is not going to happen in this country, for example. But when you think about what has to be done on that area, you do run into free speech issues very quickly and what who should be tolerated on the internet and who should not. The issue is a lot of these companies are private companies. It's not the public. The internet is not the public square. It is owned by private companies, many of whom's founders are billionaires. And so it is not a public discussion precisely. Well, I think we take it to a different place. We take it to a place that says, what is the advantage of the, this technology? Mm-hmm. It has opened so much opportunity for conversation to so many people, and they want that access. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, if somebody is engaged in hate speech and the rest, should you shut it down or should you have a discussion? Mm-hmm. And I think... Uh, where you, do you stand? Where do you? I what? think we have to stand in a place where there is a, a, a discussion. I, 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 it depends on what the speech is, mm-hmm. but uh, who's to be the judge of that? At least there should be some sequencing of it. Somebody says something, okay, let's hear it out. Right. Because otherwise uh, the uh, haters, Mm -hmm. because that's what they are, Mm -hmm. uh, the haters would just make themselves victims. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, is that with a conversation, which the technology enables to happen, it can enable to happen Mm -hmm. in such a way, uh, it can be end up to be a plus. It can be a plus, but your recent hearings on white supremacy, they had to shut off comments on YouTube because the the anti-Semitic comments, all kinds of things just overwhelmed the system. Well, it was, what, 42,000 comments, some... Anti, some some bad, right? Some not. We don't know the difference between right. some or not. Uh, uh, we're talking about millions right. here, so it's so. Perhaps there was a path of discussion even there. Right. I mean, it's, we all get steamed up about hearing comments that are anti-Semitic or, right. or white nationalist mm-hmm. and the rest of that. Mm-hmm. But I think people have to see it for what it is, mm-hmm. and that ends up to be a, a plus in the discussion. Uh, 42,000, it sounds like a lot, mm-hmm. but... It, it isn't on the internet. But do you think the companies should be making these decisions? They took a long time, for example, to remove Alex Jones from the platforms, yeah. even though he had 
broken their rules numerous times. Should they be the ones, they don't want to decide actually. So they've decided to create a free for all on these platforms, yeah. which is, I think many people feel is damaging. And then we'll get yeah. to the real damage, which is what happened in New Zealand. Do you feel like you should be doing this as regulators or should it be these companies? Who is responsible for something that is un- an unprecedented level of human communication and it's not going well? Well, I do think that that he was has painted himself outside the circle mm-hmm. of of uh, civilized discussion mm-hmm. uh, and he's been given the chance right. uh, to be part of a discussion mm-hmm. and he's defined himself. And so I think that uh, I would support a decision that says that he shouldn't be on there. In addition that, to that, though, oh, when uh, talking more in terms of the technology, when, for example, Facebook says they're going to improve the algorithms and the rest, mm-hmm. you see the New Zealanders have said that that is disingenuous. It is, yes. And that's, uh, you know, don't take us for a fool. Right, uh, right. So, you know, again, this is the subjective decisions that have to be made. And But should it be you making, not you, Nancy Pelosi, no. but you, Congress No, I think people. they have a responsibility. I think but they the, have a responsibility. But, but they have been unable to meet the the demands of the task as it becomes more complex and as they make more money from these things. Well, they have to make a decision. Right. It's a decision. Right. In other words, understand this. It's not, oh, I didn't even realize or it, I, it drifted. That was past the first me. excuse, but yeah. go ahead. <laughs> no, it's a decision. Everything is a decision mm-hmm. and everything is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so how do they use the considerable power that they have to have discussion mm-hmm. which can defeat some of this or at least have these people understand this is not going to be your comfy, cozy home to, to spew forth mm-hmm. uh, your um, venom without there being a response mm-hmm. to it. But they are the the haters are very well organized. Right. You know, you, Certainly. They, they, so it's almost as if they're ever alert, you know, even if they don't know something is coming. Yeah. When it comes, they're ready and right. they're there. Right. And so others have to be ready as well. Well, something I would say is the Russians didn't hack Facebook. They used it the way it was built. They're using they it use as it. tools. Yes, and they, they have to. So do these companies have to be more, like you all went after Microsoft when it was monopoly power. You went after AT&T, IBM. There's been a history of mm-hmm. throttling back these powers. Yeah. How do you look at that? Like Senator Warren put forward a, uh, one, he, she's focused on antitrust, not right. just laws, the idea of breaking them up, that they're too powerful. Yeah. Do you think they're too powerful? Well, I hear a range of opinions. Uh, I hear a range of opinions that she didn't go far enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What is <laughs> well, your opinion? Well, I'll take a look. I haven't, I haven't actually studied her. I mean, uh-huh. I know that uh, there could be some clear lines that we see right uh-huh. in our own community of uh-huh. companies that maybe could be easily broken up without having any impact one on the other, uh-huh. you know, one on the other. But um, I, I think, well, I'm a big believer in the antitrust laws. I think mm-hmm. that's very important for us to have them and to use them and mm-hmm. to subject uh, those who should be subjected to it. Uh, I don't know, again, I don't know how all of these should be painted with the same brush. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a, a look that should be taken. Yeah. Should these companies be allowed to buy more things? I'm talking about Facebook, the Fang companies, I guess, Facebook, yeah, Amazon. Amazon. Uh, they include Netflix, Amazon. but it probably doesn't belong in there. And Google, essentially, yeah. it's Facebook, Amazon, and Google. Oh yeah, Netflix yeah. is is different. The uh, we'll see. I mean, that is to say, it depends on what they're buying. Is it horizontal? Is it vertical? Is it you know, uh, is is it just power? Mm-hmm. Is it an antitrust 
a violation. So mm -hmm. you have to make a judgment about each of them. But I think they should be more cautious. I mean, right now they've had free reign. That's right. Nobody's ever even said, what are you doing that for? Right. right? So yeah, let's that's a good question, Nancy. Why haven't anybody why said nothing? It? So now just let's subject it to the scrutiny. And I would say without making any specific mention, some are worse than others. Mm -hmm. Yes. Could you make a specific mention? <laughs> no, <I won't>. Why not? <laughs> I think that some are a little better behaved than others. Maybe it's just that they haven't had the opportunity. Have you had discussions, strong, strongly worded discussions with them about this, of where it's going? I've had conversations. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and so, do you think they hear you? They make their case. Mm -hmm. I mean, it isn't. It is. It's a in in the context of a full range uh -huh. of issues that uh, that we would be talking about. Mm -hmm. I haven't had the conversation of here. I am the speaker of the house. Now you come in and justify your existence. Mm -hmm. No, I haven't had that conversation. But we've had conversations about the drift, right? Of it the all. Drift? Oh, the, the drift. drift? Is all. that what you call it? <laughs> well, whatever. The direction they're I call going. it the giant traffic accident. Um, <laughs> that, you know, they're going well, 100 miles be, an hour and could be it. don't have any governors. Yeah. And what is the intention? Mm -hmm. In other words, is this just commerce and they see a uh, market opportunity and decide to take it on? Or are they uh, in competition with each other, buying something before somebody else doesn't buy it? And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, Three or four firms right. uh, have, uh, dominate the marketplace, and the engines of of uh, you know of search and the rest of that. Uh, it's a it's a challenge. It's an interesting one. It's yeah. one we have to have. What about the Communications Decency Act, Section two hundred and thirty, that gives yeah. them broad immunity? That's really what's allowed them to have a free for all. Well, two hundred and thirty is a gift to them. That was a gift. Yes, is a gift to them, and they. I don't think that they are treating it with the respect that they should. Yeah. And so I think that that could be a question mark and in jeopardy. In jeopardy for them mm -hmm. and that it would be removed or it's been sort of chipped away at on certain topics, but yeah. now brought more broadly, you think there could be. Well, they just love 230. They you know, love, you why about, wouldn't you? Oh, that you why you wouldn't you love to, I would like broad subjects. immunity if I do a lot of things. <laughs> when we I, come to 230, oh, you get, you know, you really get their attention. Right. Uh, but I do think uh, that uh, uh, for the privilege of 230, there mm -hmm. has to be a bigger sense of responsibility mm -hmm. on it. And it is not out of the question that that could be removed. All right. So the Democrats' relationship with tech used to be quite warm. How do you characterize it now? Again, we're all, we all live in a kaleidoscope. They're different different interactions. Mm -hmm. It used to be pretty tight. It used to be they're big donors. Uh, not to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so how do you characterize it now? Well, Just to, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. Uh, the community are people that I love and know, and mm -hmm. we've known each other a long time, you know, for as long as they've existed. Uh, and... Um, uh, we have interactions of many things, whether it's immigration, uh, gun safety, women's right to choose, LGBTQ, mm -hmm. climate change issues. You know, they're all out there on those issues yeah. and take pride in their involvement there. But I think all of that, now you're not, maybe not going to like what I have to say, mm -hmm. they won't. Yeah. I think all of that interest, and I believe it is sincere on their part, mm -hmm. is trumped mm -hmm. 
pun intended, mm -hmm. by their interest in a tax cut. Right, right. They did like the tax cut. That's it. They liked, and, and, they and were, like getting back their money from tax abroad. A, a, a pre, the repatriation, all of that. And uh, I wish that they had used some of their support for the tax cut, which mm -hmm. I, I think is a scam. Uh, it's taking us deeply into debt, giving 1% yeah. of, uh, of the people 83% of the benefit of it. I think it's a disgrace. But if they believe in it, then they should have said, "Can we do? Can you cooperate with us on something else, whether something it's else, immigration right. or gun safety or LGBTQ or the rest?" Of it. But boom, boom, didn't well, mean anything. You know, those sweatshirts cost anything. a lot of money, Nancy. Um, <laughs> so, what on immigration? Let's move to immigration. Then I want to get to Twitter and Trump and stuff like that. But immigration, where can they help you there? Because this is an area they stood out on and then seemed to have fallen back. Well, on their private side, on their nonprofit, you know, certain people there, right? right. Um, Lorraine Jobs, she, Powell Jobs, she has been wonderful yes, on has. immigration, sincere and uh, fully committed and, mm -hmm. and uh, creative and uh, creative and uh, recognizing talent and allocating resources there. So uh, that is a pillar mm -hmm. of our uh, fight for, well, what we'd hope would be comprehensive immigration reform. So again, uh, some of them talk about it. Some of them do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I do think the employees care about it. Right. I do know this. On this, I agree with Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan was said the most beautiful things about immigration. Mm -hmm. I'll read them to you on my phone if you sure. want me to. Sure, please. Yeah. Uh, but but um, because it applies to the Valley, because so much of the talent, what is it, like 30% is, of the... It is, uh, You could name all the IPOs. CEOs. They're all immigra immigrants. They're immigrants and some of the startups. Elon Musk, Sergey Brin, Satya Nadella, Sundar Pichai. And they're, so. they're the big names, but mm -hmm. there are many... Here, I'll just read you this about him. It's a big, long thing, but I'll just read you the ending. Thanks to... This is Ronald Reagan. I mm -hmm. quoted him more than any other president wow. during the campaigns. Thanks to each wave of new arrivals to this land of opportunity... We are a nation forever young, forever bursting with energy and new ideas, and always on the cutting edge, always leading the world to the next frontier. This quality is vital to our future as a nation. If we ever close the door to new Americans, our leadership in the world would soon be lost. Are you worried about that, especially in tech, which we've dominated? Well, you may recall that when we did in 2005, 2006, our innovation agenda, we said right then and there, staple right. a green card to the diploma right. uh, for one piece of it. Of course, we want comprehensive immigration reform. We want H-1Bs, H-2Bs, you know, all of that. But in order to do that, you have to have... Um, I'm going to see if there's something else that goes... Well, he talks about the Statue of Liberty and... And uh, he was a good talker. Uh, well, he—it was his last speech as president of the United States. Mm -hmm. His last speech he was talking about immigration. He was talking about immigration. Do you imagine there's going to be any way to bridge this gap? It's so on immigration. Yeah, well, it has to be because uh, we have 11 plus million people in our country who are not fully documented. They may have mm -hmm. been when they came here, overstayed, or whatever it is. Not all of them came here mm -hmm. uh, illegally. They came here and, and stayed. And, and then we have the dreamers, and we have the temporary 
protected status folks, again, who came, came here uh, in a documented way. The uh, I do think it's possible uh, Republicans and the Democrats in the Senate had a bill a few years ago when President Obama was president. The House Republicans would not bring the bill up. Uh, I've, my conversations with the president are, that, you know, I think he knows we have to have comprehensive immigration reform. But for the moment, it it's his uh, red meat that he feeds to his uh, uh, right-wing base. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to paint them as a, any kind of bad people. They have their own economic insecurity. Mm -hmm. they, uh, they're afraid of innovation. They're mm -hmm. afraid of globalization. They're Job afraid change. of newcomers to the country and all of that. Mm -hmm. So you, you do, what do you do? You scare them with trade. You scare them with um, immigration. Uh, which is a giant plus to our country. Right. And when the president just recently said, we have no more room. Room, yeah. Just Do we reminded me of Christmas, you know. Right. It was, uh, there's no room in the inn. Right. Of wow. course there's room in our country. Mm -hmm. And in fact, our birth rate and replacement rate and the rest is such, we need immigrants. And if you have a... Um, economists come before our committees and you ask them, what's the best thing we could do to grow our economy? Mm. They will say comprehensive immigration are, reform. Are you worried about the, the lack of education towards innovation and towards and what's going on in China, where there's a lot of focus yeah. and a lot of money put to that idea of education, innovation, building new companies? I think we're at one of the lowest growth rates of startups in history right well, now. Well, we are, but I th some of that, I think, is just lack of confidence. I'd, let's hope that that will change, but let me go to your mm -hmm. uh, initial point there. Uh, the... We have to do something now in terms of, as I said, lower health care costs, bigger paychecks, cleaner government. Mm -hmm. And the cleaner government piece, H.R. 1, is essential to our conveying to the American people that the decisions that we make are in the people's interest, not the special interest of mm -hmm. dark special interest money. Mm -hmm. And when we, well, so when we're talking about the three things, we're saying build the infrastructure. The, the infrastructure of our country. Build the human infrastructure of our country with education and research and health care and build our democracy, strengthen our democracy, which is being weakened by the challenges that are placed there, some by the Russians, some by the president of the United States. Right. And, and ahead, so, so part of all of that is workforce development. Right. Uh, especially the first two, building the infrastructure, health care, research, and all of that. Workforce development to a greater or lesser degree of education. Some of it is uh, vo vocational, uh, skills training, and mm -hmm. the rest, where you can be a tradesman, a, a person, a, mm -hmm. a, a plumber, plumber, an electrician, and the rest. Mm -hmm. And even when we do scientific research and we're investing in a university at the highest level for a scientist, that physical structure requires a plumber, an mm -hmm. electrician, a carpenter, right. you know, people to support all of that. So it's all job creating. But you have to have the skills development. You have to have apprenticeship programs and the rest of that in addition to higher education. Are you worried, though, about that's a couple? I'm going to talk about these tonight. These issues around automation, robotics, yeah. self-driving, yeah. AI, very job-replacing types of technologies. Well, you just have to see everything as an opportunity. Okay. You still have to, you know, if it just came from uh, 
Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. each when I go there, I meet with the carpenters there, and they've mm-hmm. build, been building robot mm-hmm. robotics for a long time. You know, right. they they people are taking it to the next step. They are. You can't just some certain things are inevitable. Right. Globalization is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Innovation is inevitable. Right. So it's not a question of saying let's protect you from this. No, let's introduce you to this. Mm-hmm. And again, with job training and all the rest, how do we have? workforce development that matches up with all this, a private sector tasking, tasking for certain skills coming out of schools. Because we have jobs, I heard somebody say today they had X, I don't know, such a huge number of job openings, even for truck drivers. Mm-hmm. Even but, for truck drivers. But, the, but the, the directional changes are really clear. No, they are. No, yeah. and, and of course, part of that is Self-driving trucks, right? You know, right, so right. But you, I mean, you you can't avoid the future. Mm-hmm. And and I always believe, as I said earlier, in technology. Let's task for it. Mm-hmm. What is the mission? What is the and purpose? whose job is that? Congress is that the private companies? Is I it? think we all have. It's a public-private, a nonprofit partnership, and all of this educationally. Uh, one of the fights of. I guess you'd call it a fight that we have is over the budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, yeah, I are, noticed there was a there was some sort of fight over the budget you had with the president, wasn't there? Well, we're, no, all, okay. we're having everybody's having a fight over the budget right. because it's all priorities. Whether it's I meant it, the shutdown. It, int- oh, that yeah. But see, the Republicans will oh, say that. we're going to uh, reduce the debt by cutting, you know, freezing Pell grants and cutting the assistance we have on. Uh, interest on student loans and this or that. And with stiff competition, and I say this frequently, with stiff competition, their cuts in education to reduce the deficit are one of their dumbest mm-hmm. proposals because nothing brings more money to the treasury than investing in education, early childhood, K through 12, uh, higher ed, post-grad, lifetime learning mm-hmm. for our workers. Mm-hmm. So we have to... The inevitable is coming upon us. Mm-hmm. We have to train for it. And it doesn't mean everybody has to be a PhD or even a college grad. Mm-hmm. Most people in our country aren't. Right. Um, but we have to respect what they bring to the table and have the technological skills, whether it's for vocational or whatever it is. Right. So to cut education is to do a really bad thing when we're looking at the future, where things are coming. All of the innovation that you're going to talk about. We're going to take another break now. After this, we'll talk some more with Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, who is also my representative. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. So let's turn, we have about 10 more minutes, uh, to the what's happening to politics with social media and everything else. Yeah. You have some members, such as uh, AOC, who yeah. are excellent at these things. Yes. And you gave a quote last week about, it's not Twitter follows, it's how many votes on the... Well, you have to have both. Right. You cannot, you cannot just say, I'm in Congress so that I can get Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. You're in Congress to get results. Right. And so some members are there to get results and some some to get Twitter followers and some to get both. And God bless them 
God bless her because that's really important to attract. Mm -hmm. So what she's doing is very valuable Mm -hmm. and very successful. Right, she's good at it. She's good at it, and and she and she's um, focused. Mm -hmm. You know, she's very a good member. You know, Mm -hmm. she. Prepared, she does her work in that. And it was not to to put down having Twitter followers, but it's not. It, it changes kind of how people conduct the their hours in the day, right? And it might even change how some people characterize other people's motivation, right? Right. Yeah. Know, you get Twitter followers for a reason, right? You know, right. Not, you know, there, there's a message. Do you there. think it's an effective communications tool? Because you know th- that's just one member who uses it beautifully. Like mm-hmm. it sort of is a native. In- I call her a native internet speaker. That's great, Casio Cortez. She knows how to speak and she knows how to go back and forth. Do you think that is effectual? How do you how do you look at that as other well, members? Great. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, we depend highly uh, up until now, uh, uh, and in terms of with a purpose that mm-hmm. is connected to our mission on uh, Ted Lieu, for example. Mm-hmm. Yep. He rarely gets under the president's skin. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he has Fire a up high, another tweet. And Adam Schiff. Shifty. Adam Schiff does. Yeah. You know, many of them do, but Ted is really focused on social media right. uh, to do that. As Adam attracts because of, right. you know, so does Ted, but I mean, Adam has a position, chairman of the Intelligence Committee. Right. He's one of their main targets. Therefore, mm-hmm. he has... A big venue to mm-hmm. uh, uh, not only respond but to initiate his comments. No, I think that all of it is an. As I said to you before, everything is an opportunity, mm-hmm. and the social media is how some people get their uh, their um, communications. I don't know if you want to call it news, but mm-hmm. their communications, their news, whatever, and and that's where we have to be. It's interesting. A lot of uh, what we're finding out is a lot of older people are in the social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Saying, oh, the young people Chuck Grassley's do- really good. Uh, Dingle was excellent. There's some that are better than others. Well, I'm not talking about members. I'm talking but about the public. public yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're really important, the VIPs, right. uh, the public. And then in addition to that, there's some people who are just not there. Right. So you still have to have right. a mix in terms of the How do you assess uh, your ability? You've been pretty good. You've yeah, had some no, we're good, good ones. We're good. Yeah. But we, ours is a, ours is kind of a serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're You take a slap every now and then though. Yeah, every now and then, but I, if you the more slaps you want to take, right. put out there, the more followers you'll get. But right. ours is mostly informational for our members, informative in terms of legislation and the rest, and every de- now and then yeah. uh, a, a, a slap yeah. yeah, yeah. That was but a good I've, one. You did a couple of Trumps that were pretty funny. <laughs> You're funny. They're more funny than yeah, anything yeah. else. How Occasion. do you assess his use of that? Because he's used it as a direct communications vehicle to the base and to the whole country, really. Yeah, you have to give him credit for, uh, if in fact he is the one doing it. Right. Uh, but even so, the fact that it's being done. It's him it, or the caddy it, guy. It, in yeah. his name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in his name. Uh, I think that very honestly, with all due respect to the social media and that, uh, that the president's um, tweets have cheapened uh, the presidency mm-hmm. because they're not as if he's delivering a message of any uh, fact, truth, evidence, or data. Mm-hmm. He's just being uh, a troll. A smart aleck. I mean, right. he's just a smart just, aleck. <laughs> he's just, just being, you know, I don't know that's an yeah. old-fashioned word. Yeah. But he's just being... Uh, a freak. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just terrible. And that's there's a more of a responsibility for a president to communicate his point of view, which we should respect. He's the president of the United States, whether we agree with him or not. Right. He has a point of view. Yeah. But to use the office as the president as a uh, just a, an attack vehicle. But again, for his market, it seems to have yeah. 
uh, worked. And uh, Does it knock you off? Because it gets so no. much attention. Well, I, I do think that the press has, let me be, and I'll say this to the mm-hmm. press, he does 72 tweets and seven, what, it was 48 tweets? Yeah, that was that one weekend. tweets in 48 yeah. hours. Yeah, those crazy So the weekend. next three days, all the press would talk about is that. Meanwhile, we're having hearings on lowering prescription drug prices, uh, making uh, preserving the pre-existing uh-huh. condition, massive hearings on building the infrastructure of our country, passing bills that relate to how we implement HR1 for good governance and the mm-hmm. rest. All they want to talk about is how on earth did he did 50 tweets in 48 hours. Now, I think the press is an enabler mm-hmm. of him. Right. And I think they're, I think on the other hand, they're the best defense of him. The press is, freedom of the press is the guardian of the gate of our democracy. Right. Freedom of the press is something that is sacred. But he makes assaults on them and they strengthen him by just talking about that. And that's what an authoritarian wants you to be talking about him. Even if they don't like what you're saying, that you're, if I'm ta- they're talking about him, they're not talking is, is about that us. Is change, or have we reached the sort of Rubicon that that's the way politics are going to be no, done? No, no, we that can't. It can't be a Rubicon in that respect. But I will say this: there is another Rubicon that we are crossing, and the dies cast when we pass the uh, um, HR one, mm-hmm. uh, John Sarbanes's legislation. We have to take the role of big, dark, special interest money out of politics. Mm-hmm. It's It has too much of an impact. People have to believe uh, right. that we can pass gun safety because a, a gun lobby is not doesn't own the Congress, right. that the fossil fuel industry is not dominating any decisions about climate change, which is the generational challenge that we have to protect the planet for future generations. And the, uh, you name any subject, uh, look at Wall Street and all mm-hmm. that, uh, the role of money. Do you is- think they should take all political, someone presented an idea to me last night that you should take all political advertising off the internet because it can't be tracked easily. And the dark money has a you know, uses, they brag about it. Brag Parcel brags about how they use use them. I have to, you I, you I don't can know. govern the yeah. airwaves, but you, it's yeah. harder well, to Well, it's do hard it. enough to get them to take foreign ads off the air. Right, right. No, I mean, right. really? Right. Really? Yeah. They, yeah they, right. they say after the election, oh, we didn't know they were foreign. They were paying you in Rubles. rubles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. anyway. So should there be none on these platforms? Well, I think you, I think you have to... Um, Set some standards for it. Right. I think there's a way to set some standards for it. Just as you have some in the on the regular communication. I mean, if somebody is putting something on TV that is not yeah, true. Yeah, but that's pretty much in control. This is not. Yeah, but I mean, you, well, that doesn't mean it just should run rampant. No. I but I do it. think that one of the things that I would like to see this Congress do, and especially when we win the election in 19 more months, uh-huh. is to, it's less than that now, is to um, just cross the Rubicon in terms of it's a new world mm-hmm. in terms of how we're going to have transparency. We're going to have small donors and, and grassroots voices being mm-hmm. stronger than anybody. Mm-hmm. And people then have confidence that their voice will be heard and that they trust decisions that will be made mm-hmm. because they won't be made in the interest do you uh, like the Democratic field? Do you like, there's a lot oh, of people. Oh, I think any one of them would be a better president than the current president. Yeah. yeah. And they have a variety of points of view, and, and that's worthy of discussion. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how that goes. And the people will decide. Right. The people will decide. Not the 
leaders, the people will decide who connects with them. I say to them all, and I say to my own members as Mm -hmm. candidates when they were running and now other candidates, know your why. What's your purpose? What is your vision for America? Mm -hmm. What's the subject that you know about? Is it climate? Is it technology? Is it education? What is your vision? Mm -hmm. What is your knowledge? And therefore, your judgment to be trusted because you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. What do you, how do you think strategically? Mm -hmm. People think, okay, I, I see the goal, I know, uh, they know the territory, they have a plan. All of that is important, and all of them have it. The question is, who's going to connect right. heart-to-heart with authenticity with the American Why people? Why didn't you ever run for president? I like what I'm doing. I'm a legislator. Yeah, I really enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. People ask me to, and they always have asked me to. Right. But I like what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Lastly, you've become somewhat of an internet phenomenon. You had you were so attacked by the right wing. You were you yeah. were sort of 137,000 ads just in the November yeah, election. About, yeah, you were a lizard. You were an alien at one point. So, I had but horns, you were you, yeah, you had horns, clothing feet, clothing feet. Now you and your coat seem to have turned the tide. <laughs> what happened from, from on, on the internet? Now you're cool again. Cool again. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Why do you think your coat went viral? I don't know. It was a badass coat. Yeah. Well, you know, I had I had that coat was for the uh, inauguration Mm -hmm. of Barack Obama in 2012. I hardly ever wear it because I'm Mm -hmm. from California. I don't really wear a coat. Right. So that day, I just pulled a coat out of the. Usually, I wear a raincoat. Mm -hmm. Just pulled that out and wore it, and didn't even know that we Mm -hmm. would be going. We didn't know that the president was going to make a total fool of himself by mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. the press uh, the uh, meeting in the, in the Oval Office yeah. be uh, exposed to the public and therefore generate more interest yeah. as to what happened afterward. So people said, oh, you wore that coat on purpose. I said, no, I you wore that. You weren't thinking of the internet implications or any of the virus. I was just wearing that coat because it was clean. Okay. All right. That's okay. my standard. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Nancy, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to addressing you all tonight. Well, we are things. so honored that you are here. I'm going to say it's some things. Are you us. ready for some things? That's what you're here for. You were ever provocative, and that's what what we're looking forward to. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks, Nancy. Thank you. Thanks again to Nancy Pelosi for coming back on the show, and special thanks to Jeff Geld for recording that interview. Thanks to you all for listening. You can also find more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please tell a friend about this show. You can follow me on Twitter, at Kara Swisher. Now that you're done with this, go check out our other podcasts, Recode Media and Pivot. You can find those shows wherever you found this one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode, and thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Monday. Tune in then.